one thing I've said it before when we've been interviewed, but I didn't want to, I didn't really want to do this show. <laughs> no, you didn't. I thought it was a terrible idea. <laughs> yeah. I remember I was, I was a big fan of podcasts and I don't think you listened to any podcast really at the time. Did you? No, no. And I, I listened to a ton of podcasts and I go, I know we can publish something that would be great. And you're like, eh, I don't know. I just didn't think anybody would care, especially when you were saying we should focus on Lovecraft. I thought, well, yeah, there's an audience for that, but shouldn't it be more about horror in general? Or uh, I don't remember. I had some bad ideas. You were totally <laughs> a genius, but I just felt like nobody would uh, nobody would listen. Yeah, and I, I disagreed with you because I know that Lovecraft's tentacles are everywhere. HPPodcraft.com <laughs> This is Chad Pfeiffer. Oh, yeah. And I'm Chris Lackey. <laughs> and, and you're here at the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. We're, today, we're just going to be talking about some of the thoughts we've had about the last three years doing the show and, and memories we have, answer some of your questions, and and then tee up what we're going to do next with the show. So that's yep. just want to get that out of the way. But not to pander, this audience is so incredible. Yeah. And I think probably it has something to do with the fact that they're all readers. It's not your typical right. internet audience. That's true. That's true. But part of the reason that I was a little suspect about this is that I did, in the late 90s, I, I started writing, it was kind of pre-blog. Remember, I had this email list called The Wit Doctor? Yeah. And actually, I, every time I think about it, I think about you and I were working in that crappy uh, office. Oh, yeah. So I wanted to be writing. I couldn't publish anything. I was probably 24 or something like that. I decided, well, I'm going to write a little something every day and just send it out to everybody on my email list. Mm -hmm. Just like one or two lines, jokes. Sometimes they were bad. Sometimes they were okay. And then I would ask those people, hey, if you have people you think would like this, send me their emails and I'll add them to the list. And then people, what they were doing was taking their entire address book and sending it to me. So within a couple of weeks, I had two, 300 people that I was sending these things out to. Right. And people were horrible to me. Like if I wrote something, <laughs> I would write out a sentence or two that wasn't funny. I would sometimes get, you know, a two-page letter about how much I suck <laughs> from somebody I didn't even know. <laughs> and then, and this is like pre-blog, anything like that. Then we get into the the internet 2.0, and there's more things like this. And if you look at comments on YouTube or what people, I mean, it's mostly haters. There's a lot of know-it-alls, you know. Yeah. And I just felt like we were going to come out with this show, and there were a lot of people right away were going to be listen to these two stoners, you know, wax moronic about Lovecraft. I think somebody actually did post that <laughs> in their iTunes. I don't smoke. Yeah, but, but <laughs> <laughs> I know. I for some reason people think we're just getting high and, and doing what? this show. But no way. My point is just that. The audience ended up being so generous and smart and intelligent and insightful and cooperative and helpful and super smart. All our feedback, if it's not positive, it's at least constructive. Yeah. And I think it goes back to what you're saying, Chad, that, that the people that are into Lovecraft are, are typically are readers. And those people, I think if you're a reader, you're a little bit more thoughtful and a little bit more considerate than the average guy on the street. You're probably going to deconstruct what we did with the show instead of just saying, you're gay. <laughs> Which I expected a lot of that. But you know, it's funny. When we started doing this, I went, well, man, Lackey's a genius. And I don't know how you feel about your background, but for me in my life, I've made lots of music. Yeah. Um, I got an English teaching degree. I studied improv for years, did lots of sound design for films and radio. And then layered over that is a fondness for Lovecraft and the whole weird fiction genre that's gone all the way back to when I was a little kid. Mm -hmm. So this actually turned out to be the job that I'm the most suited for. Yeah. 
<laughs> Even though I thought you were so stupid. <laughs> I'm I'm the genius behind but but Chan, I, I think say you are you are super talented and I can't imagine the show without you. Well, one, you moved away. When we first started doing the show, you you lived just down the street. We lived two blocks away from each other. Not not that that had been going on for too long, but I, but but a couple of years before that, we'd been I mean, we were roommates for 5 years. Yeah. I think that part of the thing was you moving across the the pond. This is like time for me to catch up with you. Oh yeah, having known you since I was a preteen. So I yeah. part of the reason that this works is just cuz I'm just interested in what's been going on with your week and what you think about these things. Well, yeah, and we're we're doing stuff together still. It's yeah. not us catching up with one another. We're actively participating in something together. We've got a project that we're still working on and we're still doing yeah. and I think that maybe the podcast has actually been better lately because this is our we're not really distracted with other, I mean, I am distracted with other things. I've got a baby and a, a wife, and trying to make ends meet and things like that. But, but those with, guys are such distractions. <laughs> they really are. <laughs> they totally distract me from the things I want to do, like play video games and eat food and watch TV. I know, Ugh. jerks. Uh, no, I love them dearly, and they're they're wonderful. But with yeah. you, you and I, we've always had a bunch of burners going, and with this, yeah. we've been able to focus. And I think that focus has not just made our work better, but um, our friendship better. Yeah, I agree. I th- I was thinking about it. I'm writing down. I'm like, what the heck are we going to talk about the show and what we did? One thing I think that you know people maybe don't know is you and I uh, met in high school. Well, we met. We met in junior high. We met in junior high, and there was some band trip that I, I knew who you were, but I didn't really know you. We were both in band. You were a year older than me. Yeah. And there was some band trip we all had to go on. And jazz I sat band. next to you. It was jazz band. Yeah. And I got seated next to you because I didn't know anybody. Everybody was older than me. Uh-huh. And we didn't talk the whole time. <laughs> to me, it was like it was like a two-hour trip. We barely said two words to each other. Honestly, I don't remember that. You, you're the only one that remembers that. I don't even remember really? that. Yeah. Oh, I remember it. Well, I think it's because you were around people you knew. Yeah, I knew about It was your class, mm-hmm. and, it was, and, and there were only a couple of us that were younger that were there. And then on the ride back, you came by, and you were really nice, but you were like, hey, man. Um, my friend Eric has a seat open, so I'm gonna go sit with him. <laughs> and I was like, "Oh, okay." You know, like I'm sorry. That's man. cool. I'm hanging out. No, no. <laughs> you totally dissed me. Uh, why, why, why wouldn't you? I apologize. Well, but then we became friends. It worked out, and we we didn't really become friends until we were older, and we were in a production of Little Shop of Horrors together. Yeah, that's when we became friends because I that's knew right. you, and we we hung out. We didn't really even hang out or anything like that. It no. was once we started doing that, that's when we actually spent time together and found out we had a lot of similar interests. And that was probably eighty nine, ninety. Yeah, the fall of eighty nine or winter of eighty nine. I try to keep the personal asides to a minimum. Sometimes. Some people like that and some people don't. Mm-hmm. This is a little nice right now just to be able to talk and not have a story to cover. I feel like some people are interested in, in who we are and what we're doing and and besides just the end product. And we're, I want to talk a little bit about that, just how we actually put the show together. Because people have asked us on interviews that we've done, but we've never really talked about it on our show. Yeah, I, I like it when sometimes I'll read, somebody will describe the show and will say these two guys are like entertainment professionals. So I think that that's you know, why it's they deliver a good sounding show or whatever which always makes me laugh because this production is so ghetto just in general i think that we have made enough stuff in the past that we do have some ideas on how to how to mask uh, cheapness yes so folks here's the process first of all we know what the upcoming story is and we have to yeah. do research and prepare for it so on our own 
we just do our own research. Like I don't talk to Chad about what he's doing and he doesn't talk to me mm-hmm. about what I'm doing so that there is a bit of spontaneity on the show. Yeah, and we're educating each other a little exactly. bit. Exactly, yeah. That usually takes, depending on the story, I spend maybe four to six hours on each week doing prep. That sounds about right. Yeah, it does. I mean, I don't count. So my first reading of the story, I don't count against because I'm just reading and I don't want to think of that as work. So I try and do a read of the story. Just try to make it as enjoyable as if it's something that I (laughs) want to do. Right. I'll do my research. And now you've, you've got more books. Somebody actually asked this on the Facebook thing that you put up today, but yeah. who does more research? You typically will do more research, or at least you have more resources to draw from. Yeah, I, I got. I think I have most of the books. We get our notes together. We get on the horn. It's usually a Sunday morning for me, a Sunday evening for you. I record on a Skype recorder, and I've got a headset that is cheap. I mean, probably paid 15 pounds for the thing. You know, it's not mm-hmm. a good headset. And, and Chad records his. What do you record your 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 side on? So I'm on Skype on a headset so I can hear the call. Right. But, you but rec- you're, you're actually recording the call. I'm recording the call, but my end of it is clear because it's my end, so I don't have any distortion. Your end gets distorted occasionally because it's Skype. Yeah, I'm speaking into a mic, and then it's going into a little MP3 Sony recorder that I bought. Super cheap. It actually doesn't have the best sound quality in the world. No. Uh, there's a little bit of hiss on the top of it that's just always there. But it's a really convenient little device because I can just plug it into my computer and pull the MP3s out. Also, I'm using a PlayStation 2 SingStar microphone. In fact, when we started the show and it was we were doing it in the same room, we were both speaking into SingStar microphones and then we were putting it through a little Radio Shack mixer uh-huh. into your Mac. Into GarageBand. Into GarageBand and then we're using the compression plug-in that's just native to the, the program. Yeah. Now, the way we do it is, uh, so I'm in my crappy mic, you're talking to your crappy headset. Mm-hmm. I take my MP3 file from the Sony recorder, and I, after we get done, I upload it to our server mm-hmm. so that you can do the first pass on the edit. Yep, and I take your half of the conversation and then and then my two sides of the conversation. I could split it with the Skype recorder, and then I swap out the crappy Skype version for your good version. But don't gloss over the fact, when you get my side of the conversation, you've got to line it up with the call and make sure that everything's synced. Yes, I do have to sync it up. But the thing is, there is a delay when we're talking in Skype anyway. So I have to manually go in and kind of start sliding things back and forth. To make it sound more natural. To make it sound more natural. And if if you're listening to us on Skype, I'll say something and then there'll be a second and then Chad will laugh. That sounds terrible and that ruins the, the flow of us sounding like we're in, actually in the room together. Yeah. Uh, so I actually go in second by second and listen to everything and make sure it sounds the way I want to. That also means that I cut out dumb things that we say. Usually we record for <laughs> about 40, 45 minutes and the show's only yeah. a half hour long. And that's before we add in our readings, which make it longer, and uh, music and things. When we do the show, I actually, you or I will read the segment that we're going to have the reader do later. Yeah. Early on, people were, thought that we were recording the whole story. No. And then pulling excerpts, and they'd be like, hey, I, screw you guys. Where can I get the whole, st- whole yeah. story? It's like, no, 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 that's not the process. But anyway, when you send that that file over to me, sometimes I'll take issue with some of the, I think some of the things are dumb, and mm-hmm. I'll cut further. It's far less now than it used to be. When we first started doing the show, it took me two nights to edit. I do one to just like cut, 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 cut. Try to cut out all the ums and uhs and anything that was, is going to bore an audience yep. or make us seem less intelligent. <laughs> <laughs> Somewhere in that time, it depends on whether the reader's in the UK or the US, we will have also gone and recorded the reader. Yes. You know, if it's Andrew, he's gracious enough to come over here a lot of the time or I'll go out to his place. I've made hour and a half trips just to where like foyer lives way the heck out. Yeah. 
when we recorded him. So that'll be a whole night of my time to go and record the audio. And hopefully the, the reader will only do a couple of takes. It's funny how when you're in the studio doing something, like when we're doing films or something, you want as many options as possible. But when we're doing this, it's like, I, look, I don't care. <laughs> Just get it done. Because every time you retake or redo a word, like that's more editing time I've got. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I work full time. So anyway, I'll get that. And hopefully I'll have the audio from the reader. Sometimes they send it into us. And then I'll do the assembly, which is the last section of it where we right. add in the music, cut in the readings, do a final pass on our conversation. Mm -hmm. And then mix that down and post it so that you can get it on Thursday. Anyway, people have wondered about it in the past. I always thought it would make bad radio for us to go through this very boring process. But I just wanted to, <laughs> I just wanted to finally lay it out there. That's, that's how we get it done. Yes, you wanted to finally make some bad radio. Yes, I did. People have asked us a bunch of questions. Just last night I put out on Facebook anything you guys want us to talk about on the show because this is going to be about Chad and myself. Uh, one of the things that one of our listeners posted was on our forums. They said, after doing the show, do you like Lovecraft more or less? I like him more. I like him more. I definitely like him more. Yeah. I, I like him a lot more. And I, I didn't take him as seriously as I kind of thought... Lovecraft had a bunch of interesting kernels and ideas and some neat monsters, but he was kind of a hokey writer. Mm -hmm. His tropes were were way too obvious, and and you know I just kind of dismissed him as a as a very pulpy guy. But the time that we've spent in here, I've really learned to appreciate his work and how much time he spent into his craftsmanship, and he really thought about those things. The energy that we put into this has made me really appreciate it and really enjoy it way more than I ever have. I've always thought, well, it's kind of silly to think you know a writer by the fiction they produce. Mm -hmm. And I think that there's a lot about Lovecraft that people just make assumptions about because he wrote a specific kind of thing. Because we've been able to do the show and learn a little biography as we've done each story, I learned that he was a pretty funny guy. He had a lot of friends. He went out and he did things. Mm -hmm. And also that it wasn't completely like some kind of crippling social disorder that made him only write this kind of stuff and, and sort of live in poverty. It was commitment to his art. He simply had a point of view. And he could have done more profitable writing work, but he was just really committed to this, yeah. this weird fiction genre that wasn't appreciated at all on any kind of mass or profitable scale. I, I mean, I really admire that. That takes so much fortitude and, and uh, singularity of purpose. I think it puts him up there in the ranks, the, the great artists who deny their own even personal happiness to try to perfect an aesthetic that maybe nobody's even asking them to perfect. You know what I mean? Yeah. But here we are all these years later talking about weird fiction and we have an idea of what that aesthetic is or that something's Lovecraftian because of the amount of commitment that he put into it. All right. So the next question I have here, this is from our forums. Genus Unknown, uh -huh. who is uh, prolific there on the forums, is a great guy. Yeah. He asks, has the podcast changed the way you approach other literature? Well, since we do a literary show, mm -hmm. I take with me the same kind of like, what would I say about this or how could I, when I read other things, you know, mm -hmm. when I read in Game of Thrones, aside from the fact that I get excited that there's Lovecraft stuff in there, which there is, <laughs> think about now if I were teaching this or if I were trying to get somebody involved in a discussion about it, how would I approach the material? That's probably as much as it affects me. Yeah, I have to say that the, the only real effect is now communicating literature to other people, which is something I've never thought about before doing this podcast. Yeah. And now I, I mean, that's the job that we kind of taken upon ourselves is to look at a very specific type of literature and writer, mm -hmm. but try and make it accessible. Yeah. I, I've never been in a book club. I've never really had a relationship that was with somebody that was completely based on what we were reading. Mm -hmm. But uh, as we've been doing this, I think, yeah, it, it, it's a great 
tool. It's a great jumping off point. Uh, and I have since gone to book clubs. Yeah, you have something to, to talk about for about an hour before things, you know, spiral out of control and everybody's drinking and having fun or whatever it is, you know, but you have this kind of touch point, something shared. Well, that kind of rolls into Adam Waxman's question. He says, have we met anybody through the podcast that we've really just enjoyed or somebody that stands out to us? For me, certainly it was being able to come visit you and all the great people I met while I was there yeah. who I already felt like I knew just because they've been listening to the show that was great having that experience of doing the live show and getting to meet all the people in person was outstanding and again i can't it still blows my mind that all those people showed up on such short notice yeah. and sp spent the evening with us we've had some great guests Stuart, we already knew but um yeah. robert price and, and st joshi fabulous to get them on and and i hope we can have them on again in the future yeah but we didn't really get to meet or chill with them as much it was it's always just like awesome to meet somebody who actually listens to the show yeah it is so those it are the is. people that i've met that i, that I like the most. and and ken height i gotta say ken Hyde's oh yeah I, ken I never, but i still haven't met ken i've never met ken in person no we've talked on the on the phone and skype a bunch and he's just a great guy and hopefully one of these days we'll be able to get a few beers together yeah next one is tracy glab she asks what surprised us the most about doing the show I was actually surprised that people listened and uh, we didn't advertise ever. No. Yeah, it was all word of mouth. What, what surprised you? I have to say the live show as well, that we've got that many people to show up. Honestly, I thought maybe we would have six or seven people show up. Yeah, I'm, I'm just used to things going really bad. <laughs> <laughs> I know you are too. Yeah. We've been in this kind of crap for a long time and, and uh, things generally don't go well. Now, this is an interesting question. Uh, Johannes Pohl, I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Did you experience a lowest point at some time during the show regarding the material discussed? And in that case, when? No, I didn't. I mean, there's some bad work that of, of his that I didn't like, mostly collaborations. But even when it was bad, it wasn't really grueling. I always got something out of it. And I have to say, I think some of the, the shows that we've done on our least favorite stories are some of our better shows. I mean, I, there were weeks that I was definitely cranky about having to read this stuff. But also I knew that you were going through it at the same time. And I liked it when I would call you to do the show and you'd be mad. Like that was always, <laughs> I always loved that. <laughs> oh, stupid Castro. I don't know what to waste my time. Like that was always really, really fun. Well, I was, um, I was actually mad about that stuff. So Yeah, yeah. The only thing that's really sucked, honestly, is I can't spend more time on it. Yeah, I wish I wish that I could really devote some time into going over bit by bit. And there's there's so much research, especially on Lovecraft, that's been done. We can't address everything. And if we were able to take more time on the show and we're able to do, you know, it, I feel yeah. like it could really make the most out of it. And we just I hate it when we make a stupid mistake and I think, well, if I'd have spent more than an hour researching this, that wouldn't have happened. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So that sucks. But um, no low points. No, no, no. As the show goes, no. Jenny Owen, who is, uh, I met her in person. Yeah. She made those cool little logo three-dimensional models. Yeah, I'm looking at one right now. It's, it's on my it's desk. It's right on my desk, too. Yeah, I love it. Uh, she says, if you could send one message over time to Lovecraft, what would it be? Also, has it been worth it for you guys? Has this made you happier? Has it given you opportunities and new friends that you had not had otherwise? Two separate questions. So the first one, if I had one message to Lovecraft over time, would be uh, eat. Right. <laughs> yeah, mine would be the same. Come on, man. Yeah, that's it. You're not treating yourself. Treat yourself better. Is it giving us opportunities? Uh, absolutely. I mean, yeah. I, the, the the one thing that I can think of, obviously, is Deadbeats. Yeah. And it's funny because you can watch, you can listen to the show and track all these things that are going on, specifically with you. I mean, you got married and had a child. and Yeah. I mean, it kind of documents your life a little bit. But we also went through the process of trying to get our graphic novel published. Right. 
on the show when we did the first call for artists and then yeah. uh, ended up working with Ian and and right now that is in he's drawing it right now I believe yeah and so it'll be out this October so that was kind of a, an opportunity we probably wouldn't have had if we weren't doing the show yeah absolutely and I've and he's a great friend he lives only a couple hours away from me and I've inherited a bunch of his kids stuff for my kids so uh, he's he's a great guy and there have been some other opportunities for us to work within the Lovecraft community. For Bizarre Magazine, we wrote okay, an article yeah. for that, and, and uh, Stone Skin Press, uh, we've written some stories for them as well. A lot of opportunities. And and generally, yeah, I think this is, I'm, I'm happier. This is one of the most successful things I've ever done in my life. Yeah. I mean, we've tried to make movies and television shows and things before, and they've, I mean, we have made them, but yeah. they haven't been as successful as, as this has. All right. Amber Reeves asks, which ancient one would you worship if you were a cultist? Oh, Yogg-Sothoth, easy. Yeah, I'd go with Azathoth. All right, and our last question. This is from uh, Transcona Slim, and he's he's on the forum. Uh, he says, "Would you do you think anyone should ever undertake the kind of this kind of project, reading each and every Lovecraft story out there?" That is not for me to say. I know that people are are <laughs> there are other podcasts now that I don't think were there before that are. There's one on Clark Ashton Smith and yes. one on um, Mr. James. Mr. James, yeah. So people are making that decision to to go ahead and do that. I don't, I don't know if I'd recommend anybody read all of Lovecraft's stuff specifically. No, I wouldn't. A lot of it is just not worth it. No. And it wasn't published, and it was stuff that they're pulling out of his, his drawers. And uh, you don't need to read everything. I think if you get a good couple of uh, anthologies, you're, you're pretty set. Something I've learned over the course of doing this show is that really nothing is wasted from a creative standpoint as an artist or in any endeavor you know people are impatient and so you want to put out you know your life's work right now we see this with lovecraft actually too yeah but every failure you have sort of yields some sort of education and every piece of work you create can always be gutted later for the good parts and we definitely see that in lovecraft but for this show i've used music i wrote and threw away when i was 14 years old on our um picture in the house episode all of the score i, I probably wrote when i was 13 14 years old there. wow i didn't know that if you're writing you know keep writing it's all a journey you might not be producing the best material now you know you'll get there if you just keep doing this kind of stuff not just don't give up but don't expect to be an overnight success it takes yeah. years and years of trying different things out and working at it and honing your craft we see that with lovecraft we see any great artist the great artists sure. don't have an art show and show off all of their paintings they have an art show and show off five percent of their paintings or one percent of their paintings because yeah, exactly that other 95 99 percent is the process of getting to those great works one thing i wanted to mention before we we jump into uh the next big thing is that insomnia press this literary magazine that just started up uh has a second issue that's coming out this august which, as we all know, happens to be H.P. Lovecraft's birth month. Yes. Um, and they are looking for all kinds of stories, whether they're horror, noir, weird, weird tales, urban fantasy, mystery, thriller. Uh, but for this issue, they must carry some kind of Lovecraftian horror theme. Yeah. They're taking submissions now. If you want to um, submit short stories or flash fiction dealing with Lovecraftian horror, the guidelines can be found on the website, insomniapress.com. Insomnia-press.com. We'll put a link up on our show notes. And folks, uh, that's where you can submit your stuff. So we set out to do a free show covering the works of Lovecraft, uh, all of the pros, and we did. We did it. Uh, along the way, we were able to raise money here and there in order to cover our growing server and studio costs. But by and large, we've done it just out of love. We're going to continue with the show. We're still calling yes. it the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, but now we're thinking of Lovecraft less like a subject and more like our wonder-loving grandpa. <laughs> He's beckoning us in, pointing to the bookcase, 
and uh, saying, I think this is something that you should read. First off, we're going to tackle supernatural horror and literature. We're going to start there and look at some of the works that he mentions in supernatural horror and literature. That's a long essay. It is. It'll take us some time to cover it. So basically what we're going to do is one show a month, talk about that, and then the other three shows cover some of those stories that are discussed. That'll take us some time, and then after we get through that, we'll probably branch out into more stuff. But we'll never get there unless we are able to start generating some revenue for the current show. It's a lot of work on top of what we're already doing, and I feel that we're really constricted with time. And and it was funny, a couple weeks ago I said, you know, Chris, we kind of do a half-ass show. And you go, half-ass? We're talking like eighth of an ass. Which <laughs> 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 so is really funny. But so here's the, here's the deal, guys. We're, we're, we went back and forth on this and tried to figure out what would be a square deal, and this is what we decided on. Yeah. The show price is going to be $6.66 for three months. That's 12 shows, $6.66. It's the coolest yeah. amount that will ever show up on your credit or debit statement. <laughs> now, we're not entirely moving away from a free model, right? We're going to have one free episode a month. So you get the one free one at the beginning of the month and then three ones that are only going to be for people that subscribe. That's right. The free ones, we're going to talk about supernatural and horror in literature, at least for the next few months. Mm -hmm. And then on the uh, the three page shows, we'll talk about the specific stories that are referenced. I can already say that for August, we're going to be looking at the color yellow. We're going to do two stories from the King and Yellow collection, as well as the Charlotte Perkins Gilman classic, The Yellow Wallpaper. Yeah. So that's going to be our August. After that, we're going to move into other authors, um, Arthur Mackin, Algernon Blackwood, and lots of other short stories that Lovecraft points out that yeah. I've never read before that I want to delve into and, and check this stuff out. Yeah, absolutely. And people have been talking about maybe we'll do some uh, Robert E. Howard at some point, too. Now, I can tell you that for right now, it's always been important to us that these stories that we're talking about are available and free, that nobody has to go out and buy a book. Uh, all of Lovecraft stuff is public domain, so that hasn't been difficult. The things that we're going to cover initially are also public domain, and you can probably get them, and, and we're going to give more details as we get closer to Premiere, but you can get them from the Amazon Kindle free download. A lot of them are available as HTML files online or Google Reader, that kind of stuff. So it's still going to be until we make, and hopefully down the line, we can make a deal with a publisher to actually put together little anthologies that we can cover that you can right. go pick up or download. Uh, but for right now, we're going to stick with public domain. Don't worry about that. Guys, we're really not asking for a ton of money. $2.22 a month. If you're in England, the exchange rate's great. I think that's like, what, a pound 40 a month for you or something like that. Less than a cup of coffee. And we're not doing it because we're greedy. We're just doing it because we literally can't deal with this volume of work without being able to cut hours in other places. Hopefully we can make enough money that we can do that. And the next step of the, this is a part of a bigger idea that Chad and I have. We want to not just do weird fiction and the things that are part of Lovecraft. I mean, if this works out, if we're able to get the subscription base that we need, which really isn't that big, we want to tackle more stuff. One of the things that I've been dying to do, and I've been talking about Chad for this for almost a year, is called Chris and Chad Go Back to School. And, <laughs> and what it is, is we go over all of the required reading of high school. And there is so much stuff that I haven't read since high school, classic, classic literature, short stories, all of those things, and to look at them now as an, an adult, but also to make them a little bit more accessible. Because I remember times in high school, a lot of those stories went over my head, or I just hated them. I mean, I remember people love Wuthering Heights. I hate that story. Yeah, I'm not a huge fan of Wuthering Heights, although I'd like to revisit it. But, you know, that's when you're in high school, it's because people are assigning you these things. There's this forced... Nobody's expressing that they have trouble reading it, too. I think that it'd actually be good for high schoolers to listen to us go through some of these things and express all the frustrations that they're probably dealing with as exactly. well. And try and connect it to some modern literature and modern pop culture as well. So, I, yeah, I'd love to be able to do that. There's actually opportunities for lots of uh, other people that we've 
collaborated with in the past to get involved as well. But we're going to continue to be focused on the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast for right now. I think the direction we're taking of it, people have been asking for for a long time. Yeah. Uh, can you cover some of these authors? Can you talk about? And to be clear, right now, we're going to really stick with the things that Lovecraft liked. If we can make the money to continue to go, we're going to branch and start to get closer to maybe that science fiction golden age where we could talk a little bit about Ray Bradbury and right. even Asimov and some of these things that Lovecraft didn't read, but are definitely in that Lovecraftian tradition. Right. And then eventually maybe we'll even move on to, to some modern mythos authors because I know that a lot of people are interested in Exactly. You know, you're Lair Baron and that sort of thing. So we want to get there with your help. We can. You don't have to swipe the card yet. We're going to have a week off and then we're going to uh, release a reading of a story that I wrote for an upcoming uh, anthology for Stoneskin Press called Shotguns versus Cthulhu. Yeah. So you're going to get a full story reading in two weeks. And then the week after that, the first week of August, we're going to launch the new show, the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast, I guess chapter two, whatever you want to call it. And we're going to start in on supernatural horror and literature. And then all through August, we'll be covering the yellow sign and the yellow wallpaper. That first week of August is when we're going to need you to uh, tune in, listen to the free show. We'll give you specific instructions on what to do. It's going to be very easy. $6.66 buys you three months worth of podcasting fun your commutes your thursdays at the office we're going to continue to provide that stuff that you guys have come to rely on we just need a little bit of help from you two dollars and 22 cents a month you can't even buy a comic book for that <laughs> no i know and i throw that away on comic books quite frequently but chad since this has been kind of a labor of love we've had a lot of people that have contributed yes to we this. have and i think we should give them some credit i mean we have given them credit on the shows but i think at since we're at the end let's just give everybody credit that's worked on this show yeah that sounds good and i'll probably forget some people but i i wrote down real quick everybody that has helped us out i want to say special thanks to our readers and here's who they were it was agnes Connaughton, anthony tedesco billy flynn brad lohan bruce green chris whites dave stinton dennis calero doug sarine elliot miller fred cross garrett watley graham eberhardt heather clinky jp moore jasmine mann jason lee jimmy aiken joe freya joe massaro joel nisbet julie hoverson lance holt mark major marty jobson matt foyer michael ford michael holmes paul mclean pete lambert rachel ford who then became rachel lackey scott mcdonald sean branny sitara falcon stephen brewster stephen day clark tim mucci and of course Andrew Lehman. I don't think we would have much of a show if Andrew hadn't jumped on board early. Yeah. And gently nudged us that we should even be using readers. You know, after I read the tomb. <laughs> yeah. He, he was like, hey, uh, I'm always up for reading. Uh, if you guys ever need something like that, it was a little yeah. nudge, I think. <laughs> yeah. A smart nudge on his part, too. Yeah, exactly. uh, yeah it's, it was a great idea. And Andrew is the third part of our show. I, he, without really? him, it wouldn't have been the show. It wouldn't have, it would have been something completely different. Yeah, that's right. And of course, he was also a great guest. Oh, yeah. As well as a reader. And I want to thank our other guests who've been extremely wonderful and helped us through a lot of difficult stories. We've got Matt Barisi, Kenneth Height, Stuart Gordon, S.T. Joshi, Josh Bentley, Paul McLean, Ian Colbar, Donovan Laux, Robert M. Price, Brooke Fong, who was our intern for some time, helped yes. us with a lot of uh, book work and that sort of thing. Michael Reeves, who was a real joy to be able to write some material for the show. And of course, also Mike Mann, Mandroid, who is the other third part of our show. <laughs> <laughs> he keeps us in line and is even now in the background working on making sure that the new project works and that we are able to get the subscribers and all that kind of stuff. Mike's contributions have been so invaluable from his design for the site, which is just incredible looking, to the back end and, and helping us out in a pinch when things aren't working out. I also wanted to real quick mention some of our guest musicians. All right. Uh, aside from that, there's a lot of people who have helped us with the show, man. Of course, I got to think Reber Clark, or Chip as some people call him, uh, who reached out early on and was so generous allowing us to use his music because, I, I mean, I did a lot of music for the show that I think is cool and I, I'm proud of it, but Reber's stuff is so orchestral and big and it was just the right kind of material to motivate the Call of Cthulhu and 
in prison with the pharaohs and shadow out of time and all the things that we used it for to really give us that nice epic scope. Reber, thank you so much for helping us out. And I did have the pleasure of meeting Reber when he was out here visiting during the uh, Lovecraft Film Festival last year. Uh, along those lines, Troy Sterling Neese also contributed wonderful, big, full score kind of music for a few of our shows. Of course, he scores the movies Whisper in Darkness and, and Call of Cthulhu, but he also contributed some great piano pieces that I used on some of the episodes. I really like that. Of course, we've had bands and musicians like The Humanoids, Arkham Witch, Zeitgeist Zero, The Human Aftertaste, Misty Roses, some contributions by David Maurice Garrett who is also a sponsor. Uh, Got to thank the Spider Translator, also known as L. Erickson, who's an old buddy of mine and collaborated with me on some music, as well as providing his own. People still write in to ask about the piece he did for Cats of Ulthar. Basically, it was a thrill to get to work with my old band when I could. Uh, Lyle Erickson and, and Josh Bentley both and I were in a band together. and, and Pitch Black Manor. To be able to put together some music for this show has been great. Uh, also, thanks to our sponsors over the years, Tor Books, Miskatonic Books, the HPLHS, uh, J.R. Hamantashen, David Maurice Garrett, Traveling Man Comics, who were also gracious to host our live show in Leeds. Yep. Uh, Steven Jankowitz, also Innsmouth House, which is Paul McLean's outfit. I'm sure there's people that I've missed, but it's a big family. And if you stick with us, we'll continue to bring together good artists, great actors, great musicians. If we make decent money, I can even spend more time tracking guests down that we've wanted to have on the show. Exactly. Looking for your John Carpenter and Neil Gaiman isn't easy when you're, you know, you're doing it over your lunch hour at work. So, Chad, I, I, I guess that's it. That's the that's the end of the credits. And um, I just want to say you did you did a great job. You did a great job too, Chris. This has been really great three years, and I'm, I'm so happy you suggested it. It's, it's been really meaningful and, and really incredible, and I, I hope people stick with us, but even if they don't, I mean, it, this has just been a wonderful experience. And I'm happy that you were finally convinced, because I, it wouldn't have been the show without you. So uh, with that, I want to thank our listeners, and please join us on August 2nd, which will be our first show. It'll be free, so you don't have to subscribe, but then quickly subscribe afterwards. <laughs> That's right. August 2nd, it's the premiere of the new show. It will be free, and then uh, it'll give you instructions on how to subscribe to the good stuff after that. And in the meantime, we're going to release a reading in uh, two weeks. Next week, yep. we'll be off uh, because we've got to work on the site and make sure that we're prepared for all this stuff. Um, so please don't forget about us. A lot of folks have been saying, gosh, now that it's over, what am I going to do? Well, it's not over. It's not over. Not by a long shot. With Adam Chris Lackey. I'm Chad Pfeiffer. And this has been the HP Lovecraft Literary Podcast. At hppodcraft.com. hppodcraft.com. <laughs>